0: This is Books, Beats, and Beyond, where we will bring you provocative music and engaging interviews from music artists, authors, historians, and others barely acknowledged by the mainstream media. I'll be your host, Taj. Today, I'm talking with Chewy. He's an MC representing Sacramento, California. We'll be talking about his socially and politically progressive album entitled Purgator. Purgator is the second part of Chewie's soon-to-come five-part dystopia series. Chewie, welcome to Books, Peace and Beyond. Man, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Hey, for for yeah. the people out there listening right now who don't know much about you, can you break down your name, Chewie?
1: I got the name in high school, actually, from an old friend. I don't know why, either. Um, There's a radio personality named Chewy Gomez, and uh, there's a song that Mac Dre made for his radio station, and that guy used to sing that song to me all the time. And uh, I don't know if it was, like, him always being around at, like, the right and wrong times, or if it was the fact of me, like, always eating and whatnot. <laughs> but people just started People just started calling me Chewy. Like, every time everybody saw me around campus, they were calling me Chewy. And then uh, Battle Rapping was, like, super popular at that time, too. So I kind of – I wasn't undefeated, but, like, there weren't too many close battles. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I won a lot of them. So people were like, oh, that's Chewy. he'd be chewing them up.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right. I thought it had some Star Wars reference. I was just trying to figure that out myself. <laughs>
1: Actually my grandpa is like a huge Star Wars fan so it like naturally I have to like Star Wars so <laughs> yeah like Chewbacca Chewbacca is dope too <laughs>
0: <laughs> So you started out mostly battle rapping is that is that what you're saying Yeah okay Yeah that's that's a talent in itself you know I know some people they just can't do that so it just came to you naturally right? <laughs>
1: Well, see, it was a lot of kids. They were, like, trying to be Cassidy. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, there was this one dude at this high school I went to, Florin High, there was this dude named Polo. That was, like, my first ever, like, rap rivalry. Because uh, at the time, <clears throat> at the time I was at a different school. I went to uh, John F. Kennedy, and I transferred back to Florin High. And when I got back there, Battle Rapping hit there, too. Mm. So this kid, Polo, was, like, the best one at the school. And uh I remember one time uh during testing schedule, everybody was like freestyling at lunch. The testing schedule, everyone had the same lunch. So uh we're all out at lunch, like all of the quote-unquote rappers, and everyone's freestyling or whatever. Polo tries to take a shot at me during the freestyle session, so, like, I just started it right there. Like, I waited for that day, kind of. I just started
2: it right <laughs> there.
1: <laughs> yeah, Um I think I remember the line. Is it okay to cuss? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay, so I'm like, uh. Should I fuck a couple of hoes? No, I'd rather get more dough. I wear white tees. I give a fuck about a polo. Everybody starts going crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's when that's when it was born, huh?
1: It was over like me and that dude. Battled, me and that dude battled like three times and then after that, uh you know what? That that rival we went it could have went south. It it went like northeast. <laughs> it could have went south. <laughs> right. Because uh so, like, that was 10th grade, I think. 11th grade, I moved schools. They're, like, bad-mouthing me at Florence still, Polo and his brothers. He had, like, four brothers. Mm. Uh, another one of his brothers was a battle rapper, too. He was actually, like, an adult, so he would do it in the streets, like, like at bars and whatnot. Oh, wow. And, uh, like, they were pissed, dog. They were super pissed <laughs> off. By the time I got to college... These fools had, like, come up to the college to fight me over their little brother. And me and, me and their little brother were the same age. I'm serious. Like, me and their little brother were the same age. Dog, it, I don't know if you got time. It'd probably be good for the interview. <laughs> it was it was whack, man. So his little brother's name was uh, Drama. And they had this rap crew or whatever. And so uh, he's, they didn't like me since, like, the 10th grade battle thing at, at at the lunch. They did not like me for years. So this fool sits down and he's like something about Soulja Boy. And at the time that was when he was big. So everybody was like, either why do you like Soulja Boy or they're like Soulja Boy's trash. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no one, no one was a fan of Soulja Boy like they are today. Cause even now after I've seen his movie and like really listened to his work, I'm actually a fan of his, of his work ethic. Mm-hmm. So uh dude's like, Oh, what you got in your iPod to this kid. He's like, Oh, this, this, this. And he's like, you ain't got no hoodlum boys in there. I think that was the name of their crew. Mm-hmm. And so me and everyone else started laughing. I guess because I laughed, that set it off. So this school mm-hmm. started like, what do you mean? What, what, what's so funny? And then after that, like literally that same day, he goes home and makes a YouTube video about how oh, he'll slap me and he'll beat the shit out of me. And wow. Woop woop. Wow. doesn't come to school for like a week. Mind you, we're in college. Doesn't come to school for like a week. When he gets there, he tried, the girl I was dating at the time, uh, she had a th- I say this only because of the significance of like you understanding that he didn't start any problems with anybody mm-hmm. but she had a gay best friend dude tried to fight him mm. so her her best friend was ready like he was trying to go outside and fight the guy <sighs> I came up there and I'm like yo let's go to the park because <laughs> he said he was going to beat me up mm-hmm. so he like ran off literally and then two days later he showed up with Two of his brothers and like some other guy, and they literally tried to jump me up at the college. Wow, it was it was it was hilarious.
0: That that's 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 way way too much for battle rap. (laughs) I
1: mean, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't even like it is. It wasn't even like it is today. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't even because it wasn't even because I had battled him and like said shit about him in the battle. Mm -hmm. It was because who's this fool? I was the best battle rapper at the school. Now everybody likes him. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was literally like some TV show, mean girls type shit. <laughs>
0: hey, right, right. Wow. Well, you know what? So all that shows is that you're able to battle rap. You know, if someone's coming at you that, <laughs> that bad, that means you, you're doing something good. You know what I mean? You know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think that's that's pretty dope. So all this – what, so you grew up in Sacramento, California, right? Is that where you where you're from and where you raised?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm from Sacramento. I moved to San Antonio when I was like 9. Mm. Uh I stayed out there until I was like 15. I came back to Sacramento until I was like 17. Moved to Texas again for like another year or two and then uh that's when I came back to Sac again and uh started doing college or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. So what really, I mean, you already talked about the battle rap, but what really made you want to pursue hip-hop?
1: My mom and the full clip video by Gangstar.
0: Oh, okay. And I was
1: like, yeah, when I was like eight years old, uh, actually, nah, she had it. My mom had a studio in her room, Mm -hmm. and uh, not like, you know, people would come and record. She just had a personal setup, Mm -hmm. and so she was working on music while she was going to school. I think she was going for a... She was majoring in business, but she was also taking, like, music theory and something else.
2: Right.
1: And uh, she's always been making music, like, her whole life. Mm-hmm. Because uh, even while she was going to school and, like, th- different points in my life as a child, she did, like, talent shows. She had a uh, a group with her mother. They had, like, a, a full singing group. They used to sing background for people and everything. And uh, I can't remember their names, but there were some dudes that are related to Dazzling Corrupt she actually did some background singing on their album. So like she's always been making music. It wasn't like a spur of the moment thing, but she used to like record and make beats and whatnot in the corner of her room. She had like these little beads set up in the corner to like create a, a, like a a small room for it. You know what I mean? And And, uh, yeah, I watched her doing music all the time. And then one day the full clip video came on. I remember it was channel 29. It was super fuzzy because we didn't have cable. Yeah. Uh, it was called like video box or something. Oh, all they played man. was music videos <laughs> nonstop all day. And yeah, the the full clip video came on and I was like, yo, this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> I was like, No, no, not full clip, uh Mass Appeal. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. Who are these people? And then after that I seen uh some Wu Tang video. I was like, you know what, I think I'm gonna try to rap. This <laughs> shit tight because I was already writing poetry. And uh, I think the first rap I ever wrote, I tried to rewrite Green Sleeves by Beethoven. Oh, I tried wow. to write a rap to that. Yeah, it was terrible.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh, I wrote another one when I was like 11, right before I went to Texas. Uh, I was at work with my dad. He took me to work with him that day, and I was sitting in the break room. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to write another rap. But I didn't like seriously start rapping until I was 13. Wow. Ironically, I was, quote unquote, the worst one in the group.
0: Wow, really? now now yeah. where where's the rest of the group? I don't know,, oh,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I actually watched the interview the other day where I was talking about that, yeah, uh, even then, in like two thousand and ten, like the flus weren't really doing anything, mm. so I don't know where they are today, but yeah, I was the worst one in the group, and oh. like now, today, I have a professional rap career <laughs> All right.
0: so how do how do your parents feel about it?
1: My parents enjoy it. Uh, my dad, I actually won him over more. Oh. He's not uh, unsupportive. He's just uh, pessimistic. Yeah. And I mean that in the most positive way. Like, he's always like, oh, find an alternative, find an alternative. Right, like every parent. You know, you could, you could work a job. You yeah. pretty much know when your shows are and wootty-wop. But uh, I never – I went on, like, a super hard, like, applying for jobs free one time yeah and it did not work you know what i mean Like yeah. i know people are like oh i've tried i've tried i mean like i called fools like 122 times and <laughs> i did not get the job you know what i mean uh-huh. so uh my mom's always been right there in the corner like yeah do it do it whatever it is do it or like she's always like checking up on my stuff she shares everything on facebook and whatnot my dad just has a different perspective of it right. but uh once i started like because at first, you know, I was working at Target and then uh, I like sacrificed my Target job to open up for Wiz Khalifa. Oh, word, yeah. And uh, my dad didn't understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he just didn't get, he didn't get my, he didn't understand where my motivation was. Yeah. Like, he was like, oh, you're just trying to rap. He didn't like really see what I was doing. So, like, when I landed a spot in XXL, when I went on my first tour, when I went to Europe, that was when my dad was like, oh, okay, wow, like, he's really doing it. Mm-hmm. But even to this day, he'll still be like, you know, maybe you should try to, like, no, I don't need to do that. got to wait out.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> wait you it know. out. Walk my path. Yeah, you know how parents, you know how some parents are, you know. They just yeah yeah make sure you land on your feet, you know. Um, exactly, yeah. So is your mom going to be in one of your albums singing? Has she been on one of your albums? Definitely. Uh, actually, she's going to be
1: on the new album, uh, in the five-part series, uh-huh. I have an intermission coming up. Okay. I just wanted to change the pace because I think there's a lot of crazy shit going on. So before oh, yeah. I talk about that, I haven't really, like, tackled stuff. You know what I mean? I've yeah. kind of been in the ballpark, but I haven't really, like, right. slid in the home base. Right. So before I really start talking about shit, I want to give people, like, a lighter note to to, to go in with. Yeah. And uh, I plan to get her on this album, but uh, I'm act- she has an album called Gangsta. I'm all over that. Okay. And, uh... Yeah, she's working on a mixtape and another album to follow up. But uh, yeah, she's actually been working on a lot of music this year because she linked up with some people of her own and she kind of like formed her own team. So she's got a studio she goes to, she's got a producer, she's got an engineer, and uh, yeah, like I just go in and sit in on her session. So we got a bunch of stuff together, and then we have uh, like two or three songs from previous albums of mine. Okay. But I do plan on getting her on the new album.
0: What, what 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 is her what is her 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 music name? I guess. Red. Red two Bs. Red Two Bs. Okay. Yeah. R E B D. Okay, okay. All right, we'll watch out for that. So so let's talk a little bit about the album. Now we didn't get to interview you for your first album, uh Paradiso. Paradiso, I think it's Paradiso. Paradiso. Uh which is the uh part one of the five part series. So today today we're mm-hmm. just gonna start with the second part. Um so why why a five part series? In two
1: thousand and fifteen? I think it was, I was trying to do something like super crazy. Uh, I had just got out of the label situation and I had put out this album called economics where I was talking about like different aspects of people's lives and the things that they do to get money. You know what I mean? Like how people, so, uh, Messages from the rich, messages from the poor, messages from the middle class. And it was all just talking about like our current economy and how it affects everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I finished that, I had so much more stuff on my mind. I had so many more beats. I was like, I need to do something crazy. I got to do like it kind of like my comeback, I guess, because I had a lot of downtime in my label fight. And so I was like, I want to do something ridiculous. Like, I don't know what, but I need to do something crazy. And then so I was, like, thinking of projects to announce and work on because I have, like, seven projects that I canceled while I started this series. Mm. I'm just like, what do I do next? And one day uh, I find that when I, I smoke mobos, like tobacco and wheat, Okay. I find that when I hit those and try to go to sleep, but right before I fall asleep, I get, like, this rush of thoughts. Mm. In, in, in that little small, like, 10-minute space, it was just like five-part album. Damn, nobody's ever done a five-part album.
2: Right.
1: Yo, know, that'd be crazy because like the status of artist that I am, I don't think anybody on my quote-unquote level could do a five-part album. Mm-hmm. So then like, I don't know, it just it was just in my mind. And so for a year I thought about it and I was like, nah, I don't know. Kept thinking about it and I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to do a five-part album.
0: <laughs> yeah, keep it up, man. That is, it sounds dope. So – explain why you called it purgator
1: it's called Purgatory because it's a play on purgatory
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh the entire album is basically it's basically well i want the whole series to be like a state of emotions rather than a uh, personal like n- uh personal note space mm-hmm. so even paradiso like none of it is like personal experiences it's all based on other things I've seen people going through, or like it's supposed to be a collection of how how a bunch of people feel, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a whole world of its own. So purgatory is the part in the story where you start to realize like there is no paradise. Mm. Like everything that we've been lying and telling ourselves to make everything seem better, everything that we've been saying to try to make things. Seem like they're not so bad it's like that, that's a lie things are kind of bad and it's like whatever you make out of it so the album has a very uh manic depressive tone mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. kind of like shit is going bad and i kind of got to deal with it so here i am and everything around me is awkward mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't seem to be getting better but here i am so then in the intermission it's kind of like it's called sabbath so it's a day mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. from like just thinking about how bad things are and actually quote unquote trying to find a solution or like what, whatever your standpoint is on the current state of affairs. Sabbath is like taking a break from all of those thoughts and all of those feelings. And then, uh, when it jumps back in, I won't tell you what three or four is called when it jumps back in, that's when things start to get even deeper. Mm. Like part three talks about enemy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Enemy is like, What's going on right now when certain people feel like you should be, not you per se, but people. You know, oh, people should be like this mm. because 50 Cent is like this. Right. So that is the pinnacle of existing. You know what I mean? Mm. And then there's other people who are like, but I don't want to be like that. And then so they're either outcasted or they're disrespected. That's enemy. Anime. Mm. anime is also like the leading cause of suicide. Mm so the album talks about enemy and then it leads up to a suicide not exactly mine
2: mm-hmm.
1: probably you know what i mean i don't yeah. know yet but it's going it's going to talk about enemy and suicide mm. and then so purgatory is setting everything up that's like the the breaking point the wake up call when you realize like oh shit i live in a fucking i live in a dystopia
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> right wow yeah it's going to be deep man wow
1: yeah i'm really trying to push the limit man i don't want to do for a for a couple years now i've been thinking like people are kind of too basic with their music
2: yeah
1: you know what i mean like and or a lot of a lot of people they have like these crazy explanations for the music and then you realize nah that shit's not about anything he's just saying that that's what it's about because that's the assumption you can draw from it but Mm. really you were just rapping dog yeah
0: that's a good point yeah because um I see some music, uh, the titles are dope, you know, the, the video is dope, you know, it's like, what well, what, what, what I'm trying to refer to is like, it might have like this political aspect to it, you know, just showing what's going on, but then when you hear the lyrics, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with it. I'm like, this exactly. does not make any sense right and now. If,
2: yeah.
1: You know, I'm all about the against the grain type of stuff, because mm-hmm. I mean, I... I feel like I do that sometimes Mm -hmm. too, but I guess because I'm really like, really, really, I'm super like perfectionist mode all the time. So I'm always trying to make sure that everything goes the way I want it to exactly. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I might throw something in there cryptically, but I know exactly what you mean. Like there's fools, their entire song is about something stupid. And then like the video is like a a Trump rally.
2: Right, right. Yeah.
1: That's that's cool, but I feel like you're just reaching out. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that has nothing to do with anything. There's a lot of that going on too. Yeah. There's a lot of like reaching out, and so I wanted to talk about what's going on, or talk about things that nobody talks about from an honest, genuine perspective. You know what I mean? No right. bias, uh, no glorification. Just like straight up, this is how I feel about things.
0: Yeah. So let, let let's talk about some of the songs. You have a song in there called "Is This All?"
3: Oh, Turn me up a little bit. These I'm awake like the boy, dream surfing, no hate in his heart. I can't let this game take me apart. Lame ass new niggas screaming, I can't wait to get on. Nah, nigga, I can't wait to get off. Cause it's been a long work shift, I ain't getting paid enough for it. A fucking vacay is in order. You ever been stressed out? Couldn't take anymore. Hit escape, hit abort. Can I have a new lifetime? What a place to be born. What a way to be adorned. This is Scorn. This is
5: solitary. This is solitary. outside, voices is calling to me, I'm not going outside, I can't fall to my knees, it's so lonely outside, I got all that I need, they don't want me outside, I'll kill all of that beef, they don't know me like that, they don't know what I see, they ain't gonna fight back,
3: What about passion and what about truth? Why these niggas out gassing that thuggin' ain't you? And he might be a square, but the youngin' ain't spooked. I come out late night with the ghouls and the goose choking on the bag. I got front in front of the moon. I might be a little ranch, but I never was a coon when the pressure burst pipes. I'ma rise like a loon, keep it real with me, nigga. What is faith to a Young boy ask what it take to be chewy Love one pass what it take out of you I'm on down grass cut the snakes lie too And in any event I get the chance to redo it I'ma make sure that I erase the fakes out too I, I,
5: I, All Is this is all it could be They feel taller than God So who's taller than me I feel darkness outside Waste is calling to me I'm not going outside I can't fall to my knees so lonely outside I got all that I need they don't want me outside I'll kill all of that beef they don't know me like that they don't know what I see they ain't gonna fight back they don't
0: this song all about Mm -hmm. that song is
1: i i I like to think to myself i'm not sure if anybody else caught it. all of my albums start at the beginning of a day any random day Mm. and so uh that's when you wake up and i i don't know about anybody else but there's been times where i woke up like super unmotivated not depressed or suicidal per se but like just really unmotivated yeah and then uh at the time when i was listening to that beat I was literally discovering nihilism. And so that part of the that part of the series, that part of the album it starts on the album because it's literally setting the tone.
2: Like mm-hmm.
1: what am I alive for? Why did I wake up today? Right. And as you go as you go throughout your day thinking about that, you start to realize just like how minuscule and how random the shit that we hold importance to is and like the things we get mad about and the shit that irritates us and the shit that draws emotion from us that shit's really stupid when you stop and think right but why does any of that matter what the fuck is your purpose to be here Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because you had a line in there you were like uh they feel taller than god so who's taller than me what do you mean
1: where um there's a lot of people out there that feel like they're untouchable. Mm.
0: You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I always like to say this. The only thing that prevents a dude from kicking your front door in right now and blowing your brains out is a piece of paper.
2: Mm. What do you mean?
1: A piece of paper that, they, that one motherfucker owns. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, me and you don't even own a copy of gotcha. the laws. It's just one fucking piece of paper mm-hmm. that's like, don't do any of this stuff or some people are going to come and get you. Mm-hmm. And so... uh, It's like, yeah, everyone has a fear of God, and to be a good Christian or to be a good person, you're supposed to be a God-fearing person. Mm -hmm. Well, if these motherfuckers feel like nothing can kill them or nothing can stop them, if they feel like they're in complete control of life, then, like who the fuck am I supposed to be afraid of, them or my lord? Because uh-huh. my lord could end my life, but so could they. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It, it was just like a, a a cool little play on words. Like, yeah. if if these motherfuckers feel like they're invincible or if they feel like they're kingpin in the streets, then, like, who's the kingpin of life then?
0: Right. Wow, yeah. Dope, man. So th- there was a quote on there where you said, there's this young boy that asked you, what does it take to be Chewy? So what, is it, what does it take to be you?
1: A lot of perseverance and patience. Mm-hmm. Like I I really, I really incorporate my lifestyle into my music. Well, actually my lifestyle is my music. So I'm not like the average rapper, you know what I mean? I do a lot of regular stuff and I do that so that I remain who I am so that I know where I come from and then I don't ever lose sight of my goals. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of self-discipline. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not like really big on gloating or like flexing, and showing shit off, buying all kind of crazy stuff. Like I just I try to stay as focused as I can. Like even right now <clears throat> I'm still promoting Purgator. Mm-hmm. I just finished the intermission album. Now I'm already starting to write down notes and like uh linear notes and just like, like a plan and a plot for uh part three. So I'm just I'm always trying to stay focused and stay busy. That way I don't lose sight of what I'm trying to do, or that way I don't lose my motivation for my rapping. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that about about, about you. Yeah. Mhm.
1: A lot of stuff in your life can uh, can accidentally turn to habit, and I've noticed that too. Like a lot of stuff, not habit. I mean, a a a, a phase. A lot of stuff in your life can turn to a phase. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to just keep the most important things to me and also not develop any new shit that's, that's like useless because right. that's how shit turns into a phase
0: right, right. so uh, you, you have another song in there called Desire ah
1: oh, my
3: bad I got it, oh, bad, I got it. Uh, I'm so professional I've been ignoring my ex I gotta let all this pressure go that's how it's supposed to go I'm so professional, I've been ignoring my ex nose, I gotta let all this pressure go. <laughs> yeah. I'm so professional, I've been ignoring my ex nose, I gotta let all this pressure go. 100 on dusty roads. I figured I was so professional. She want me come over the session. No, I stay by myself in depressive mode. Cause all of my peers are sectional and I'm slept on just to let you know. Don't know how they get all this stressing off. Doing good, they gonna text your phone. I need you to get off the testicles and just let me alone. I'm depressed, i Under pressure, yo. I'm coming so hard to be left alone i coming so hard to get them off of me like a nigga wear the best cologne, so progressional, check it though, I control the future I make, I control the time that it takes, pressure on my mind as of late, hard as hell to shake the damn way, life is like a nightmare to me, death is just a slight scare to me. Money coming money coming fast, running in some gears to me. I believe in everything, wait. I believe in destiny and fate. I've been trying to learn to have some patience, over anxious, I just can't wait. I've been looking forward to the future, I control the time that it takes. I just turned my life into a movie, wasn't very hard to recreate. Don't be so professional. It's okay to flex, you know? It's okay to have a good time, it's all about letting go. I want absolute control of mine, and I'm about to get it slow. Don't be so professional. It's all about letting go. Don't be so professional. It's okay to flex, you know. It's okay to have a good time. It's all about letting go. I want to absolute control of mine. And I'm about to get it slow. Don't be so professional. It's all about letting go. Yeah, why you texting your exes, folks? It's time to let all that pressure go. This shit is all about letting go. All you gonna do is forget it, though. All that you want is inside of you, but I know that shit is forgettable. I know that people are low down dirty Sometimes their actions are questionable I know you want absolute control Believe me it's so hard to get it though I know you might feel terrestrial But that's all a part of aesthetic though you see, This shit is all about letting go You know I just gotta let you know you know it's okay to have a good time. Just gotta let all that pressure go, let all that negative effort go. I just been smoking on gas at the Texaco. She got a grip on my heart and my testicles. I been on guard about letting them get you close. I be outside and I might pull a Texaco, all the way south. Any further is Mexico. No wonder I'm so disconnected. My phone got the service, I ain't get the message though. No wonder we so disconnected, but I control the future that I make, and I control the time that it takes. Phone calls, hotline line blinging, but where was niggas at the other day? I been trying to learn to have some patience. I been trying to learn how to wait. I been looking. Forward to the future I control the time that it don't be so professional it's okay to flex, you know it's okay to have a good time it's all about letting go I want absolute control of mine and I'm about to get it slow don't be so professional it's all about letting go don't be so professional it's okay to flex, you know it's okay to have a good time it's all about letting go I want absolute control of mine and I'm about to get it slow don't be so professional' It's all about
2: Lego.
0: a a huge part of coming of age is learning that production is more likely to make you happy than consumption. Consumption has a lot of important uses, obviously, but ultimately when you go from being a kid, which is a dependent state, to being an adult, which is an independent state, it's pretty great that you had this adolescent transition period to get from one to the other. We don't think just because you hit puberty and you become biologically an adult, you don't have to be financially, morally, um, household leaving-wise, uh, school quitting-wise. You don't have to be an independent adult immediately. Immediate, why did Why did you call
1: it Desire? <laughs> that song was a note to self. And it was called Desire because... Uh, When I was sitting there thinking of all the song titles, I played that one back. When I wrote that song, it was literally like for myself uh, because that was kind of a... During the process of that album, it was kind of a point where I was like, I've been doing this for a long-ass time and I haven't granted the exact results that I want, but I'm still getting results. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just like a fight with myself. And it's called Desire because like that's what it's full of you know what i mean like those are the, the type of stuff that i'm saying in that song you only say that shit when you have like a burning passion for something you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that's that's not a rap song that's that's literally me like expressing myself i feel like that's that's probably one of if not the most personal song that i've ever released today mm. wow And that's why it's it's called desire because, like, those are thoughts on my mind. Like, I think like that all the time. I was thinking like that this morning when I woke up. You know what I mean? I see. And so I'm constantly reminding myself, like, yo, you can do whatever the fuck you want with this shit. You're in full control of it. Stay in control of it and don't let any other outside thoughts or motivations steer that shit in the wrong direction.
0: Right. So you you do talk about in that song about letting go, you know, and – you know, with all the pressures of living, you know, as a black man, how do you let go? Um,
1: I'm not sure if I've let go or if I've like blocked stuff out, mm-hmm. but because I read a lot, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, because I read a lot, I've gained like a very in-depth understanding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I guess that's how I let go is understanding, wow. you know, like yeah. I realize this, I realize that especially like in the, in the altitude that we're in right now, socially, I realize that a lot of people don't know anything. Yeah. And I don't mean that like, Oh, people are stupid. And no. cause I mean, they're stupid too, but a lot of people don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And then, so that boils down to all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not just, Oh, people don't know the same TV shows as you. People don't know the same music as you. It's, no one ever told anybody that, like my dad told me when I was seven, that people are going to dislike you because your skin color and there's nothing you can do about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people's parents told them that. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's told anybody that before in, in such a uh, a straightforward manner. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, uh, especially with times of like racial divide, I think a lot of people, they go through stuff, they go home and talk about it, and then their parents are like, Oh, we have to have this talk now. You know what I mean?
2: Right.
1: My, my parents kind of like set me up for a lot of stuff. So I realized that people don't know stuff. And I realized a lot of people haven't been through stuff. Like I've been homeless twice before I was 15.
2: Oh, wow.
1: I don't think a lot of people have ever been homeless at all, let alone like, and I ain't talking about running away for the week. Like I was homeless for like half a year. You know, like I was sleeping at my grandma's house and my parents were sleeping in our Volvo at the park and all of our clothes were in the trunk. Mm -hmm. I was homeless twice before 15. So a lot of people don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And that's on both sides. That's on like the colored side and on the the majority side Mm -hmm. A lot of people are racist because their mom and their dad are fucking 54 years old, and those are the only two people that they've ever gained any insight or wisdom from, and that insight and wisdom is anti-black.
2: Right. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And uh, another way I let go is by realizing that a lot of people commonly, I say it myself, people commonly say everybody or everyone or my whole timeline, you know what I'm saying, when they refer to stuff. And then so like an incident like the Charlottesville incident, all white people in Charlottesville weren't outside doing racist shit. You know what I'm saying? There was a group of people in Charlottesville that walked up to some protesters and started some shit. You know what I mean? So we can't can't start saying shit like everybody and anyone because A, we weren't there and two they aren't all the attackers you know what i mean yeah. like the whole internet started up again it's always on and off the whole internet like flared up again and it was like this side versus that side i'm like we can't do that shit because yeah. you're in you're in fucking brooklyn talking shit about a guy in atlanta over twitter because some white guys in Charlottesville beat up some black kids. You know what I mean? Like, none of that shit makes any sense. And when you look at the grand scheme of things, like, that's exactly what the fuck they want to
2: use. Yeah, right. Yeah. Plus,
1: and then plus, uh, the biggest way that I let go is, like, I realize that a lot of this shit is bogus. I don't mean bogus like it's not happening. I mean bogus like it's perpetuated. Mm. Almost instigated, too. You know what I mean? Like, mm. they, there's a lot of shit that, Someone from Android Authority or Android Central wrote an article about the Charlottesville event. And what he was pointing out was that on the business side of things, like, no cell phone companies had any lag. You know what I mean? Like, everybody was able to 4G LTE stream this shit. (laughs) Uh No TV channels shut that shit down. No Snapchat, no Instagram shut the app down to block any of that shit out. Everybody acted as a dummy so that they could filter this shit to the public you know what i mean like they not only did the government but like companies wanted people to see this shit because it's generating conversation which generates fucking turmoil which generates money you know what Mm. i mean either people are going to go and buy guns to protect themselves or like they're going to go out and 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 buy a bunch of products to camp out for months to protest, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. but all this shit does is just perpetuate business and controversy, and controversy is like the lifeline of America right now, mm-hmm. so I try to take everything with a grain of salt like until until they have like like full fledged campaigns about something, you know what I mean? Like when companies come out and donate money and they speak on behalf of that's when I start to try to pay more attention. But when incidents jump off, I'm like, man, they want us to get all riled the fuck up so that we can separate ourselves from each other.
0: Yeah, when there's division they're able to gain more from us, right? Team, divide and conquer. Divide and conquer, absolutely. Wow. Um, yeah. So um there's a song in there called Plight of a Man.
3: Yeah Frustration No matter Yeah Taking my time in the sand Stick to the follow the plans Talking survival on land This is the plight of a man Gotta get hundreds in hand I do this shit for the fam I'ma do all that I can Niggas be taking advantage Taking my time in the sands Sticks that'll follow the plans Talking survival on land This is the plight of a man Gotta get hundreds in hand Yeah, I do this shit for the family yeah. I'ma do all that I can niggas be taking advantage yeah. get to it awake and arise no more wiping your face when you cry just enjoy every day you alive you're missing an eighth of your weight when you die lost souls couldn't make it in time take it in stride and erase all that pride We just been thugging it toughing it out like high niggas been switching like jekyll and high but i swear we'll be fine be all right another good grind it'll be all night hot to it three times put the heat on ignite if we sell everything we gon' gonna be on Night after high I wonder when niggas gon' get on my hype May Sanchez my Martilla ain't tight Any distortion we kill on sight Taking my time in the sands, sticks in the follow the plans, talking survival on land This is the plight of a man Gotta get hundreds in hand, yeah. I do this shit for the fam, yeah. I'ma do all that I can yeah. Niggas be taking that van Taking my time in the sense Sticks in the follow the plans Talkin' survival on land this is the plight of a man, gotta get hundreds in hand, yeah, I do this shit for the fam. yeah, I'ma do all that I can, niggas be taking advantage. associates dealing weight on the interstate, just to put food on the dinner plate, just to get rid of the rental place. be able to say that they living straight, want all of my rallies in different race. take all of that ramen and give them steak, gripping the wheel on the 10 and 8, can't take the oppression, we finna skate, saying my head in the clouds, some say I'm dumb off the loud. I see that struggle and all of that poverty shit and be dumbing it down I'ma keep hundreds around, I'ma keep money to count I give it back to the world, we can get dummy amounts Taking my time in the sands, stick to the follow the plans Talking survival on land, this is the plight of a man Gotta get hundreds in hand, yeah, I do this shit for the fam I'ma do all that I can, yeah, niggas be taking advantage. Taking my time in the sands
4: to the of the hand. I did this on my own course, ain't nobody gave me shit, cause ain't nobody give a shit It's hard living life knowing that the good die young and the evil prosper But still, i do anything to survive, I do anything to overcome I'm the definition of strength yeah. Uh, I always stay down. Yeah. I never give up. Yeah. But I'm tired. But I'm tired. But it's rough, and they show yeah. no love, and they make me- cause I had no bus money, uh, had me down, so they made fun of fun now they act all in love with up, me, way. tryna steal my style, only one up, one I just up. woke up with no food to eat, uh, last diaper time to hit these streets, three. I'm not giving in, I won't step the feet, nah. I'd rather stick it out and try to play for kids, right. I'm the underdog cause I think you need, I'd rather map it out until the plan complete, yeah. Yeah. taking my time in the sand, uh. cause lately my life been a beat, yeah. taking my time in the sand, stick to the follow the plans.
3: Talking Survivor On Land, this is the plight of a man. Gotta get hunters in hand, yeah. I do this shit for the fam. Yeah, I'ma do all that I can, yeah. Niggas be taking advantage taking my time in the sands. Sticks to the follow the plans. Talking survivor on land, this is the plight of a man. Gotta get hunters in hand. I do this shit for the fam. I'ma do all that I can. Niggas be taking advantage
0: What what do you want us to take away from this on?
1: That song, I want people to realize, like, it had that one too has a like a passive aggressive tones, like romantic depressive. Uh, I want people to take away from that that like everybody has a struggle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, one guy, might, his struggle might be going to work every day. Another guy's struggle might be turning in all the work in the office that they had him doing on time. Another guy's struggle might be, you know, selling drugs, trying to make some money for his family. Another guy's struggle might be trying to find the perfect victim to rob. But everybody has a struggle. And everybody will get through their struggle. You know what I mean? Your struggle makes you who you are. That's what I want people to take from that song. Everybody has a struggle, and everybody's struggle makes them, like, what you take away from your struggle is what you become later on in life. Right. Because you'll see people, you know, they live vicariously through people. They see, like, they see... Kendrick Lamar, he's doing sold out tours, right? But like listen to that his lifeline, you know what I mean? Like listen to what he went through to get to that and look right. at everything that he went through to get to that. And like even now, Kendrick Lamar has a bit more negativity surrounded by him because of like all the shit that people are saying about T D E. You know, people are accusing them of shady business practices and people are accusing him of stealing beats and like All of that shit comes with the position that he's
2: gained. You know what I
1: mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't just wake up one day and get blessed. Like, that shit is written in the law of the universe, equivalent exchange. In order for you to receive something, something has to be taken from you. Right. So I want everybody to realize that everyone has a struggle. No one's life is easier than anyone else's. It's just how they deal with their struggle, and that's who they become
0: when they're done with it. Right. So so what, what what is the plight of an independent music artist? what would you say the plight is for you in your, in your circumstance? The,
1: the plight of an independent, the pl- my plight as an artist is, uh, people downplay, I, I have a mainstream mind state with my music, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, I'm doing everything literally by myself, I'm paying for everything by myself, okay. I'm doing everything on my own, like, I'm reaching out to people, and, like, you know, they're, they're offering their help, but as far as, like, planning and like releasing and creating i'm doing everything by myself Mm. so like that in itself is a plight but aside from that a lot of people don't see the vision you know what i mean i have a really really big vision but i'm doing it independently so it either goes over people's heads or i kind of get the like who do you think you are Mm. you know what i mean Mm. and i think that's probably my biggest plight because yeah because i have such a big goal because i have such big visions i think uh it gets misconstrued as uh the confidence gets misconstrued and so people either think i think i'm like tech nine junior <laughs> or something you <laughs> know what i mean or uh people think i'm like super super out for the money because yeah like i'm not that open to collaborating i kind of like collaborations to like create themselves i don't really like to like if it happens, it happens, you know right. what I mean, there's people that I constantly frequently work with because it happened and it was natural and it was good. Mm-hmm. There's other times where people you know they want to collaborate, and I'm just like it doesn't necessarily make sense just because you're who you are and I'm who I am mm-hmm. and uh that's a plight too, because the way that I create people feel like I'm anti and it's like no, I'm not anti it's just like. I literally do everything off energy, and a lot of people they say that, you know, oh the vibe, the vibe. It's like, nah, dog. I literally do everything off energy. Like, when I say hello to somebody, like if they like stutter, like if they take a minute to like respond, then I get I get this notion like, oh shit, this guy might be kind of weird. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, cause he's not like, like you know, you say what's up to somebody, they're like, oh what's up? You say what's up, he's
2: uh, uh, oh uh,
1: okay he might be kind of weird because either he's like in starstruck mode or something yeah. or like you know what i mean like why are you so nervous to say what's up right. and i know that's probably a bad idea that makes me sound like an asshole but just i mean bad idea i mean a uh, bad example but uh just you know what i mean like small stuff like that or like uh when i go somewhere i was just talking to my girl about it the other day when i go somewhere and like dudes are talking about their music and what they do like i don't jump into those conversations you know what i mean And it's not because I think I'm better than anybody or nothing like that. It's just like, if you don't know who I am, then I'll just let you discover it on your own. Mm -hmm. Because usually, like, they'll be like, oh, what do you do? Oh, you know, I make music. And then when they find out who you are, then they're trying to, like, tip the table, you Uh, know? Oh, well, uh, let's get in the lab and da-da-da-da. And it wasn't like that 10 minutes ago when you thought I was just another dude that raps. So just, I mean, just different interactions with people and shit like that. Yeah, I can't do certain things if it feels weird. And that makes people think like, oh, that dude's an asshole, you know, <laughs> or, oh, he's only gonna, he's only gonna work with so and so and such and such. He's, mm-hmm. he's real exclusive. And it's like, not even like that at all. Mm-hmm. I just vibe with people that that are on the same waves as me.
0: So how did, how did, how did, how did it work out with you and uh, Loose Lyric get on, on, on that track?
1: I actually record with him. He uh he owns a studio, oh, okay. like two, two freeway exits down from my crib. And uh, I met him before through somebody. I can't remember who I met him through, but he was recording at a different studio. It was actually like down the street from my crib. Mm. And uh, I went in there, but the situation in there was weird. So I never came back. And then I remember one time I was looking for somewhere new to record. And somebody was like, oh, I got a spot in woop de Matter of fact, I got to go lay some stuff down. I'll take you over there so you can meet him. And uh, when I went in there, I was like, oh, shit, I think I met you before. I'm like, uh, do you know so-and-so? He's like, yeah, that's my best friend. So uh, I took his number down or whatever. He hit me up like a week or two after that, and he was like, yo, I actually do remember meeting you. You were with Woop-de-woop at the such-and-such. And, like, since then, it's probably been, like, two years now. Since then, I've just been going in there recording with him. Cause he gives me a real, real decent price for like the mix and the master and everything. Mm-hmm. So I just like he he give he give uh he give good service and a good price. So I have just been a loyal customer, just coming back, coming back. I've done actually like my last four albums there. Oh wow! And then I get them mixed. I get them mixed else. I mean mastered elsewhere. But uh, yeah, he 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 has a studio, and I've been like recording there for two years. Wow, and uh, we were we were working on different music together because I was featured a couple times on two of his albums. And uh, I was just listening to the beat one day, and I'm like, "Hey, yo, you know what? I think I got a joint for you." And he did exactly what I would like hope for him to do on it too, in the style that he has.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was perfect. It complimented you guys complimented each other pretty good on that on that uh, on that on that song. Absolutely. Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's probably one of my favorites. Uh I, one of my favorites on your on your uh on this album is hypocrisy. That that is just oh, a word. dope. What's colour one day? I asked him that four times he would not say white. I said it four. I said
4: hey for what I said so from seventeen, seventy six, five even beyond that. I said a day of twenty fifteen. What color are they? He was not saying, I said, right again. I said, now, don't know the people that messed up this country. I said, now, in, in, in the last year or two, the news media been coming out y'all. Y'all white people lost their service. White people lost their service. I said, hell, it's your own white people that take the service from you by fixing the inflation, by doing the things that they're doing.
3: I think I need a right, a dedication, chasing dead presidents, got me jaded, dead weight on my shoulders, killing leverage, I'm trying to level up in one day, shit, been working the grave in a day, shift. can buy anything except for patience can kill any germ except the AIDS or a racist, even hit the moon in a spaceship, you can change your nose, get a facelift, just a simple fade or a taper, change your body size like the drapes, rearrange the way you were created, tummy tuck and fold it like a crepe, what a time to live like Drake, what about the ozone layer, we'll talk about that shit a different day. Hypocrisy, but what about democracy? And everything you do and say is a disgrace, a mockery. Yeah, hypocrisy, no justice, no peace. Discrimination for the homeless. That nigga might fuck up the property, probably. Hypocrisy, but what about democracy? And everything you do and say is a disgrace, a mockery. Yeah, hypocrisy, no justice, no peace. Discrimination for the homeless, that nigga yeah. might fuck up the property. I don't want to talk about politics on Twitter And your opinion of it, give me jitters We all got different strokes, tie bridges You act like yours a truth and ours isn't Xenophobia is nationalism Squares in your circle, your camp is a prism And I'd rather dance with the devil than dance with a midget Cause you ain't as big as you wish And hands on a pistol, my hands on my bitches Excuse me, my hands on my women Handle my business, a soldier in camo and denim I come through this bitch like I'm Rambo, I'm livid Marianne Mobley She gon' ride for me, probably God, mind, human, body all seeing Anunnaki, now why is it every time we have a party? Somebody pull up, be pulling out a shoddy. They causing too many problems for a living. They just want to ruin shit for everybody. Ain't nobody making changes or moving towards it. It's paralyzing. For all this bullshit, they tantalize. Damsels in distress in disguise. Can kill any germ except the AIDS or a racist. Even hit the moon in a spaceship. You can change your nose. Get a facelift, just a simple fade or a taper. Change your body size like the drapes. Rearrange the way you were created. Tummy tuck and fold it like a crepe. What a time to live. Like Drake. Hypocrisy, but what about democracy? And everything you do and say is a disgrace, a mockery. Yeah, hypocrisy, no justice, no peace. Discrimination for the homeless. A nigga might fuck up the property, probably. Hypocrisy, but what about democracy? And everything you do and say is a disgrace, a mockery. Yeah, hypocrisy, no justice, no peace. Discrimination for the homeless. That nigga might fuck up the property. Probably.
0: What do you want us to understand from this song?
1: I want people to understand that a lot of the shit that's going on right now in politics, in socialism, just in life, period. It's all it's it's hypocrisy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a prime example. You know how people always be like, "I'm not racist. I have a black friend." <laughs> right. <laughs> okay how is that not the same shit when a black person is like oh fuck white people white lives don't matter Da-da-da. yeah but your homie's white you're gonna play 2k with him in an hour <laughs>
2: you
1: know what i mean like your best fucking friend is a white guy and because you're part of this black lives matter bullshit like you're hella on twitter flexing, mm, you know what i mean yeah. or uh or like how is it not hypocrisy when we're telling white people like oh it's cultural appropriation for you to be rapping oh it's fucked up for you to have braids yeah, but, like, all of you fools wear, like, Doc Martin Nazi boots now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we don't do that. That's some skinhead shit. Like, mm-hmm. we do not wear Doc Martens. Mm-hmm. That's some skinhead shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Any culture, but I'm talking specifically for black people. Like, mm-hmm. there's all this animosity and shit and this, all this racial divide. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the same shit on your end when you do this or you do this or you do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like... Uh, a great one, like Jay-Z was talking about how people are, like, hella anti when black people try to start their own shit. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, I don't like LeVar Ball because he's just, like, a loudmouth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's cool that the F was taking care of his kids or whatever, and, like, he wants them to be successful. But, like, in instances where they interview LeVar Ball's kids, he tries to make it about him. And it's like, you don't got to do that, dog, because they interview you too. All
2: right.
1: Taking all of that shit right there people are, like, hella anti-Big baller brand. And, like, yeah, I think it's ugly as fuck, but I think a lot of things are ugly as fuck. I don't take the time to use 140 characters to rant about it. You know what I mean? And, like, Jay-Z was saying, there's ugly-ass Jordans, there's ugly-ass Nikes. But every time a black person tries to do some shit, there's, like, super animosity and anti-anti-anti about them trying to do some shit. And I've noticed lately a lot of... I'm not sure, and I was going to say, I think that lately a lot of people... Have been trying to like point out the fact that LeVar Ball doesn't care about black people, so we shouldn't support his product because it's black. And I'm like, Michael Jordan doesn't give a fuck yeah. about anybody. <laughs> NAPU is the highest selling fucking shoe salesman, period. Like yeah. Jordan is a Jordan is a very high selling brand. I I want to say it sells more than Nike, mm. and and that's its fucking parent company. Mm. You know what I mean? So. that shit's hypocrisy everything that everyone is doing right now even when people are like giving fake ass fake woke deep advice like dog that's (laughs) hypocrisy because you're not doing any of the shit that you're tweeting uh Uh, you're not supporting any of the people that you're telling people to support you're not doing any of the shit that you're going at people for not doing but you're like hella adamant about people not doing it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well well so you know uh you know people people tend to have you know hypocritical tendencies so why do you mm-hmm. think why do you think people don't really accept that hypocritical tendency when it comes to hip hop? Why do we have to keep it so real in a sense?
1: I think it's because uh you know what this might not answer your question exactly mm-hmm. but I noticed that, like, when I had first started, when I signed to Amalgam Digital and I had a, I had a lot of connections through my manager. So I had a, a bigger standpoint in my career when I had them, them on my team because they had a lot of resources. And I realized that, uh, like, a lot of shit was fake. You know what I mean? Like, I would pull up to meet other rappers or, like, I would be backstage and, like, shit wasn't what it seemed online. Mm-hmm. And this was in, like, 2011, 2012. Like, this was before... Being on Instagram was like, like now you can get album sales just by posting pictures, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then so uh, I started, like, keeping it real about all that, you know what I mean? Like, fools would be like, oh, so-and-so. Nah, dog, I was there, and that fool's not really, like... He's not like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or like I would meet people like uh, I'm not going to put nobody out there. One of my favorite rappers ever. Like I saw this motherfucker perform in 2009 in Berkeley and I was like astounded. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite rappers ever. I got that fool in a song and we were going to shoot the video. And uh, whatever the reason was, because some people were telling me like he had a personal issue medically or whatever the fuck the reason was, this fool started acting super weird and it pissed me the fuck off you know what i mean because i'm like none of this shit that you display in your music did i see today and then like now you're on some like extra weirdo shit and we're like it was just it was awful for you to like pull up to create with one of your favorite creators and like that be the outcome you know what i mean
2: right
1: and uh people got mad at me for like exposing that you know a lot of this shit is pretend And so I think maybe there's like some kind of a vicarious superheroism or like maybe people hold their heroes so high that when they fail, it's painful to watch. Yeah. Like X-Tentation, I think X-Tentation has some of the most loyal fan base I've ever seen in my life Mm -hmm. because like that fool is a jackass. (laughs) You know what I mean? Flat out. And this isn't like about his music or anything like the actions that he has publicly displayed to me as a watcher of a video. And, you know, what I mean, like as a tweeter, Mm -hmm. the shit that I've seen on your behalf in the media, you're a jackass. Like this fool's has got beat up. His friends have gotten beat up. Like half his tour roster got beat up. Mm -hmm. They were making threats and talking about doing shit to people. And then they did none of it. Uh, That his friends tried to toss him in the crowd and they like tossed him into a banister like he's just going for like the most Consecutive L's of all time. I feel like (laughs) and his fans his fans are ready to fuck up anybody that says that You know what I mean? Like his fans are like no fuck you fuck you and and The Rob Stone situation like he threatened Rob Stone. Oh, we're not coming to your town I'm gonna do stuff to you. So someone beat him up on Rob Stone's behalf and people were like fuck Rob Stone Mm -hmm. Why? Somebody threatened him, and someone took it upon themselves out of fandom. You know what? I'm going to handle that, dude, because I'm a fan of Rob Stone, and ain't nobody going to be talking to my favorite rapper like that, and ain't nobody going to be coming to my hometown making threats to my favorite rapper like that. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Someone with that someone someone with that mentality took it upon themselves to be a fan and, and fuck up Extentation for Rob Stone, and Extentation fans were like, fuck him. He's a pussy. He's a bitch. Why? because someone is a true fan you know what i mean and like if you if you look at if you look at your boy he made a threat and then he came to someone's town by himself and got beat up that's what happens that's why you don't make threats
0: right so
1: like flat out
0: (laughs) yeah so yeah i guess that does make sense like um deep down we're all kind of hypocritical in some sense but if you hold someone and i think it's
1: like you put, you put these people so high and, like, they mean – because, like, especially a lot of these kids are young, you know what I mean? They're yeah. still in high school or they're fresh out of it. So, like, a lot of these rappers mean a lot to these kids. They mean mm. a fucking lot to them. Like, even my sister, she's probably the biggest Chris Brown fan I've ever fucking seen. And, mm. like, sometimes it's scary. She's a <laughs> diehard fanatic. Uh, like, she knows everything about that food. And even in his situation, like – that fool's a jackass, flat out. You know what I mean? Like he's a fucking piece of shit, and she's like still riding for him. Mm. And I don't, you know, I'm not saying any of this shit like it's factual. I'm just saying like my standpoint from what I see from them, not even the media. Like when when I go to their page and see what they're talking about, I'm like, oh, this dude ain't shit. She's like die hard riding for him, even in the Rihanna situation. She fucking hates Rihanna.
0: So it's like,
1: yo, he beat that girl up.
0: <laughs> so you with your music is this kind of explain why you try not to bring it on the more, you know, materialism, flossy level. I mean, you you might step on there sometimes, but is this always yeah, in the back exactly. of your mind?
1: Yeah. Or, you know, uh, when I do try to talk about things, I try to talk about it from a level that everybody can respect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh, I rap about like average balling. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Going to the GameStop or, like, buying like right. buying hella weed at the dispensary yeah. because, like, that, that type of stuff I feel like is what people gravitate to more. And plus, I wouldn't want to – I couldn't tell you how I would feel if I had a concert and, like, a bunch of dudes were in there trying to do a bunch of shit that I don't do. You know what I mean? Like at my concerts right now, everybody that's in there, I can, I can relate to them or they can relate to my music. You know what I mean? And it's always a different blend of people. You know, there's skaters in there, there's gamers, there's street guys, there's like, you know, fast girls, there's respectable girls. Like there's every, every aspect of people likes my shit. And so I wouldn't want to try to talk to no like fake ass consumers and I wouldn't want to try to, like, take anybody's money just to run off with it. You know what I mean? Like, right. my dad told me one time when I was young, you want to do some shit that somebody's always going to need. You want to make that your profession. and So people are always going to need music. You know right. what I mean? Right. And I feel like it's even better if you give people music that they can use because right. i do everything to music i get high to music i eat to music mm-hmm. i fucking i do everything to music mm-hmm. and so like there's even songs that i play for specific moves mm-hmm. there's a song of mine called happy saturday that i play every saturday that's just yeah. like a ritual you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i would never want to like display some shit to people that i couldn't display to myself right like me as a fan of music i don't ever want to do some shit that i would think is whack just because there's money involved and i would never want to like just grab a motherfucker's attention just because he's a person and he might be interested in pay. You know what I mean? I want to talk to people who don't have nobody to talk to and I want to speak for the people that don't have a voice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm true to myself and so anybody that can relate to me on this frequency, I want to talk to you. I don't really care about all the materialistic shit. I don't care about all like the fake shit that people like just standing around and trying to look cool like i want people to actually take some shit away from what i'm saying you're supposed to have a purpose if you rap fucking rapping is a rapping is a form of uh
0: prophecy
2: right yeah
0: like
1: jesus was basically rapping he might not have been rhyming but he was rapping (laughs)
0: right yeah right you know and that's that's a good point because um if you if you really stay true to who you are your fan base is going to reflect that and you're going to have that fan base for life. So as you change, they understand that because you guys, your audience relates to you and you relate to your audience. So that's, I mean, that's, I think that's the smartest move to do, you know,
1: that too. And if you look at, if you look at reputable brands, uh, people like things because of people like things for reasons, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, even if we look at McDonald's, like when it first started, uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie, The Founder or no, not. No, I didn't yet, no. Yo, it's a fucking fantastic movie, dog. It's amazing. There's a part in that movie where uh, they were trying to get, like, a Coca-Cola sponsorship or some shit. Uh, one of the, the guy that franchised McDonald's, he was trying to get a Coca-Cola sponsorship at the one that he opened in Illinois. And uh, the McDonald's brothers were, like, hell against that shit. They were like, nah, because… Like we don't really represent corporate business. McDonald's is supposed to be a family place. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's the shit that people liked about it when it first became a thing. Before it got stolen and turned into a corporate machine, Mm -hmm. that's what people liked about it is they could hang out in front of it. You know what I mean? They They could kick it there. They could post up. So there's shit that people like about my music, and even if the sound changed or like the type of beats changed, I still have to be true to the shit that people like. Like, true enough, you can't please everybody, and, like, someone's always going to have something to say. But I know that there's people that want to hear some different shit, and they want to hear some insightful shit, and they want to be educated. So that's what I'm trying to do, and that's what I'm staying true to because that's what I like. I like to be educated I like to think in music. I like to vibe out. So I'm not going to do no shit where I'm just trying to get a quick check or yeah. make a motherfucker go to a party, you know what I mean? Like right. you none know of that corny shit. Like I, I want to speak to
0: people. Right. So, um you know, throughout your music, there's always some political undertone, you can or something about the economy or what's going on. What what do you think it's going to take for our country to break from its hypocrisy? and And really live up to its constitution, I mean, I know you don't have the answers, but what do you think?
1: <laughs> I think we gotta we have to remove the corporate aspect of it mm-hmm. uh like, and some of the stuff I might say would probably be unrealistic or just flat out insane, but like honestly, I think like if we went back to the barter system for one, I think mm-hmm. that would change shit mm-hmm. because uh allegedly the United States doesn't even have any money, like all of the money. All of the, the tendered money that we've been using, like the bills and coins that we use, all of that shit is based off of uh, an amount of gold that's in Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. They say that there's no gold in Fort Knox. There hasn't been any gold in Fort Knox since, like, the fucking 1800s. So they're like, nigga, y'all don't have any money. And <laughs> you're, like, millions and billions of dollars in debt, and all the money that you're cycling around doesn't really exist. Right. Then – uh like you watch stuff like Zeke Geist and shit, yeah. and they talk about that too.
2: Yeah. Um.
1: I think if we if we diminished the fucking like the economical standpoint of classism.
2: Yeah. Right. You
1: know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we could have classes, but we don't need to have them economically. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is lower class, this is middle class, these are rich people. I don't think we should do that mm-hmm. because uh. My fiance is Vietnamese, and so I have a I have a first handers experienced perspective of communism. Mm-hmm. I feel like communism is highly misrepresented here in America because <laughs> right. it, it 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 comes from the word communal. You know right. what I mean. So Absolutely. the way they comment, I can't speak about Korea or nobody else, but <laughs> the way that communism works in Vietnam, it's like okay, these guys up here they pay for these guys to hire people, Mm -hmm. and then y'all work the jobs. So as long as everybody does their part, everybody's okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah, you might not be making millions of dollars now, but there's still the opportunity for you to advance forward to the next class because of the way that it's structured. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not just, oh, we're richer than you, so you're going to work the jobs. It's, Mm -hmm. nah, nigga, we got the money to provide the jobs, so you're going to work them because you need them right it's not like that here you know what i mean like here it's like oh you need a job did you jump through all the loopholes that you have to jump through to get this job and then when you get a job per se here they either give you less money than you're supposed to make or like and then they tax your check you know what i mean like they're paying you all this money and then you have to Fucking pay to get it cashed. Like you have to pay to get access to your money, depending mm-hmm. on if you're banking or not. Mm-hmm. And then depending on how you're banking, they're taking money out for you to put money in. Mm-hmm. Like there's just all this random shit here that yeah. costs money.
2: Right. And
1: I think if we eliminated so much economical fucking force here and created like a system where everybody had a specific duty, that shit would probably work out better too.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> and I, then uh, mm-hmm.
1: oh no, go ahead.
0: No, I was gonna say I. I... I kind of agree on that point. I think there's – I think uh, our nation is, like, overtly capitalistic. I mean, there's certain exactly. parts of it I think need to have more of a socialism tied to it, you know, things that are like exactly. a, a natural right. that There shouldn't be really thing. there shouldn't be any capitalism tied to that, like your health care and, and, and other things right. that without – you're going to die. You know, like there's certain things. That...
1: Exactly. Dude, it costs money. It costs me like 35, 40 fucking dollars a month to have water. Right. Food, water, and shelter are the three main fucking like that's the shit you need to survive and exist. Right. Those are the three main key points of existence. It's food, water, and shelter. How they found a way to charge you for all three, I have no fucking <laughs> idea. And that shit is crazy, you know what I mean? Like and you can't even go to an empty space. Like there's unincorporated parts of of different cities and states. Uh out by Sacramento, probably twenty five minutes outside of Sacramento, there's an unincorporated piece of land called Clarksburg. Mm-hmm. Unincorporated means that it's not owned by California, it's not governed by any California law. Mm-hmm. So I could just pull up there and build a house. Mm-hmm. However, someone's still going to pull up on me and be like, you need to pay mortgage.
2: Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like
1: I can't even own anything here because when I own my house, I still have to pay like $2,000, $3,000 a year for owning my house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing here is – is it, it, like none of it is logical. Everything here is has a fee or a fucking monthly
2: service. Right, right, yeah, like so
1: you you go and spend five hundred thousand dollars on a car, and then you have to go spend thousands of dollars to get papers to say that you're okay to drive it. Mm-hmm. I paid for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a five hundred thousand dollar five ton piece of metal, and I have to go and get papers that say it's okay for me to drive it <laughs>
0: all right, all right, yeah, I mean that's i I think you're you're totally on it if to help kind of break out of this. There has to be a change with the economic system, because the economic system to me is just a form of of mental enslavery. There <laughs> I because mean, yeah, like you said, yeah, the papers yeah. the paper's not real. So mentally we believe in it. So if we can kind of And understand, and I uh-huh.
1: feel like I feel like a lot of the problems that we have is how they intertwine economy into everything. You know what I mean? Everything, I'm right. Like, Religion religion is like the biggest scare tactic, and you also have to pay tithes Time. and offerings there. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they always try to instill the fear in God in you, or they always try to instill morality in you to take your money from you. Right.
0: Yeah, unfortunate. So you have a, you have another song in there called uh, Dissension.
4: I always wished I were a little bit like my homie. He always be like, no doubt. Ask him anything, and he'll answer everything. No doubt. He say no doubt like he don't no doubt, but I know that's not the case. I highly doubt it. I think he's always judging himself highly on the best things he ever did, on the time shit did work out. He tells me I'm too hard on myself. I tell him the world is. The world is full of doubt. I mean, I feel you. I feel you. No doubt. No doubt. But maybe you should doubt. Maybe it might do some good for you. Instead of having no doubt, no job, no doubt, no plan, no doubt, no way, besides somehow, some way.
3: The levee was dry. I was expecting to die. How you expect me to try? Everything that I accept is a lie, everything that we believe in is false. That's the reason why we living in strife. Painkillers while I'm living this life. Heartbreaking what I did to my wife. Breathtaking if you give me a mic. Death faking when I get in the light. Best selling when I get in the stores. Sold out tours. Give me applause. So close I can taste it for sure. Bittersweet but I'll take me some more. Baby steps but I'm thinking of bored. Do it bigger. Get the fuck off the porch. Go harder. The fuck is you doing? Turn it up. You ain't making no noise. Voices telling me I'm coming up short. Split rolling. Mixing guns in porch. Niggas big like the time of the month. Walk up on them night calling the boys. How can I rearrange shit? Everything is steady changing. It's a miscommunication with them every day. Why we speaking different language? What's the matter with the game? Everybody screaming game. Everybody want bang. What's the point in selling drugs? What's the hustle now? Everybody trying to slay. How can I rearrange shit? Everything is steady changing. It's a miscommunication with them every day. Why are we speak in different language? What's the matter with the game? Everybody screaming game, Everybody wanna bang. What's the point of selling drugs? What's the hustle now? Everybody trying to slip. I never dabbled in fate, I don't have much faith, I don't have much time, I don't have much to lose, I don't have much at stake, trying to grab me a plate, I'ma pass on the shrimp, pass me a steak, smoking dope till the train leaves, eating shrooms till my brain bleed, trying hard to maintain things, is the only thing I'm on lately, only going out if it pays me, the fuss and fighting just pains me, but I dust it off, can't stain me, Stan Lee can't create me, I can sense the feeling niggas hate me, but I can't be seen in HD screen, how can I rearrange shit, everything is steady changing, it's a miscommunication with them every day, why we speak a different language, what's the matter with the game, everybody screaming gang, everybody wanna bang, what's the point of selling drugs, what's the hustle now, everybody trying to slang. How can I rearrange shit? Everything is steady changing. It's a miscommunication with them every day. Why we speak a different language? What's the matter with the game? Everybody's screaming gang. Everybody's want to bang. What's the point of selling drugs? What's the hustle now? Everybody's trying to slang. Tell me where did I fall. Tell me why I went wrong. Am I pulling dead weight for the long haul? Guess it's up for me to call? Tell me who do I call.
4: Everybody phone off.
3: Such an empty call up.
4: I wear doubt till I'm worn out. I'm all too aware of it. Weary of failure, I doubt to prepare for it. My doubt is the limit of my belief, and my belief is the bar that I reach. And I I guess it's good to go as far as I expected, but not as nice sounding to say it's no further than I doubt it. Sometimes the homies hail Mary's work. Sometimes the doubt pushes me to have the rent on the first. Sometimes I learn from doubt. Sometimes the doubt hurts. Doubt is the possibility, the probability, that I don't know, maybe could be the statistic. Don't get your hopes up. Doubt is keeping me realistic. What is your goal with this song?
1: Uh, Dissension was setting the tone for like the suicidal depressive mind state. You know what I mean? Uh, like I said, my albums always start in a random day, any day. And so at by the end of the day, that's the conclusion that you've come to whilst walking through this purgatory. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all the events of the album are like that whole day. And by the end of the night, when you lay back down to go to bed, that's what you're thinking about before you go to sleep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. This uh, this five-part series is really going to be dope. Once once it's all fleshed out. Thank you, man. It definitely is. So let let's talk about a little stuff outside of your music. Uh when okay. when you're not pursuing music, what are you doing?
1: Um I spend a lot of time with my fiance. Mm-hmm. Uh we always do like random like side hustles, mm-hmm. like Amazon Flicks, shit like that. Uh we go to a lot of out of town stuff. Like we just go on random road trips or we're always like at a video shoot or like a uh like a weed expo or something. I just I try to enjoy life a lot, but uh, my biggest vice is video games.
2: Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> if,
1: if 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 I'm if I'm at home, I'm gaming. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: You know what? You bring up a good point. I was watching. I forgot what show I was watching, but I've never heard of this before, and it's like a phenomenon. This this video game called Do- Dota or something. You ever hear of this? Oh, Dota
1: two. I don't know what the fuck that stands for, but yeah, like people are crazy about that game.
0: <laughs> are you into that? You thinking about nah, that? um,
1: no. I've been I uh, I game on PS4. I'm oh, actually in the process of building a gaming laptop.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Uh, um, yeah, no, I see that all the time. And then uh, League of Legends, I know people are like super into that. Mm. I don't really like. I think the only like overhead, those are overhead games.
2: Oh, I see yeah.
1: uh, World of Warcraft style. Yep. Mm-hmm. The only one of those that I like is Diablo. Diablo oh, is like the craziest overhead game ever. So you like
2: first person? But uh, uh I like... mean,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm in the third person MMO uh, RPG JRPG, like a uh, Persona. Uh, right now, I just finished Agents of Mayhem. That's mm-hmm. like a uh, that would be like Saints Row. Mm -hmm. meets superheroes like it's (laughs) it's a spinoff of saints row no matter of fact the company themselves they describe it as overwatch meets grand theft auto Mm. so yeah it's pretty dope i'm not sure if you've seen overwatch but that's cool too it's just it's fucking multiplayer uh shoot them up the whole time though literally like it's just team deathmatch mode i mean they have objectives or whatever but i'm not really into like just flat out just shooting people for yeah. hours. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Like I'll play I'll play here and there, but I need like objectives. objectives I need yeah. customization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hours long gameplay and yeah. open world exploration. <laughs>
0: yeah. Is your uh Fancy into the games too?
1: Um, she plays Borderlands with me. That's like one of the only games that she's into. Other than that, she's on Candy Crush like (laughs) 24-7. Yeah.
0: I know some people that, like, manipulate the settings so they never really have to pay for anything. They, like, rewind the day and all that stuff.
1: Dude, you know what? It's crazy. Like a uh, Clash of Clans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can go on YouTube right now and watch people play that.
2: Wow. And
1: I'm like, why would I want to see know. somebody play a
2: phone yep. game? It's and crazy. like,
1: they, I mean, they got like catalogs of videos. How <laughs> to get nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars in two hours?
2: Right.
1: <laughs> How to max out your whole squad? I'm like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um you know, the show's called Books, Beasts, and Beyond, and I'm always asking people what books are they have they read or reading now and what books had a big impact on their life
1: oh man uh the divine comedy actually uh i read that when i was in 11th no 12th grade i read that when i was in 12th grade and uh that's actually another reason why i was doing like paradiso purgator Uh, uh another uh two there's part three and part four both have titles that pertain to uh, content from the divine comedy. That book changed my life. And I remember like everybody at the school teacher wise, like I went to the library to find it. And the, the librarian was like, "Um, I don't want to offend you or nothing, but are you like heck of smart? And I was like, why? And he was like, "Um, well, and then, so he goes, are you in honors? And I'm like, why and he wouldn't say why right and he's finally like well th- like this is a really 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 crazy book and like people don't just want to read it and i was like well i was watching tv and they said it was like one of the most famous poems in the world so i wanted to see if we had that shit and read it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i remember i walked past another teacher i was like halfway through the book i walked past another teacher and he's like do you have miss so-and-so
2: <laughs> i was
1: like nah and he's like, hmm.
0: Then why are you reading And he, he
1: turned around. Right, he turned around and he started walking off. And he turned back around and he's like, "Why are you reading that?"
0: You
1: <laughs> know, I, I was like, "Man, why does everybody keep asking me that?" I was like, "It's the world's most famous poem, and I just wanted to see why." Right. And he was like, "That's interesting." He's like, "If you have any questions about it, if you want to talk about it, you come talk to me." Like, I didn't even have this fool in my class or nothing. Hmm. And uh, yeah, no, that book it it gave me a different insight on. Uh, heaven and hell
2: mm.
1: and then uh the last three years i found myself super into theology
2: yeah
1: so uh from there i started reading about nihilism i can't remember the guy's name i i, I read a book about nihilism i can't remember the title of it or the mm. guy's name mm. i've been reading a lot of uh I can't remember her last name. Her name is Abraham Hicks. I've been reading a lot of her shit too.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, Abraham Hicks is a lady that's in, she is inhabited by a council of five spirits and through her, they give people information.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. It's really tight. Um, Another book that I read. Behold a pale white horse. I think it's called.
0: Yep. That's what it's called.
1: That's a good one. Um, the laws of discordianism is fucking hilarious. It is a it's basically it's basically a fucking a spoof religion.
0: Mm. Ah, okay. Like
1: it's ma- it's it's making fun of religion, but it actually talks about existentialism, nihilism, discordianism. Uh it talks about uh uh what is it called? I can't think of what it's called. Chaos. It talks about chaos like Like actual chaos, not people going outside and, like, fucking up a town, but, like, the causes of that and where it stems from. You know what Uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like the dark energy of chaos. Uh, There was another book I read, too. It's entirely about trust. I can't remember the name of that either. It was recommended to me by Dale the Funky Homo Sapien. (laughs) Uh, Like there's a part in that book where the guy talks about how, like, You could go and stand in front of a college with free money and tell somebody, you take whatever you need. And like a lot of people, they're not gonna take it because they're gonna think there's a consequence or they're gonna think that they're gonna get in trouble for taking it because why the fuck would somebody give away free money? And so it it just it talks about why people don't trust and it talks about how to gain people's trust.
0: Mm. Wow. Those are some interesting books, man. Yeah, I could actually shoot you some titles
1: over later on because I got shit written down in my Google notes that I'm supposed to read.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we like to – Like,
1: oh, check this one out, check this one out.
0: Yeah, we like to put at least, you know, whatever books you said in our show notes. So if people want, they can click on the links and look at the books for themselves if they want. So that would be awesome. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I I highly recommend that anyone that listens to this interview read the Divine Comedy though. Okay. It's super long and it could make you depressed, but you will fully understand where I'm going with this album series.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let let's get on the on a on a music side of this. What what three albums? Okay. What three albums and or songs had the biggest influence on shaping who you are today?
1: Uh, the Death of Adam by AEA Keys. Uh, the Nept the Neptune's clones and uh, actually Mike Geronimo's The Natural.
2: Oh yeah, okay, wow.
1: Yeah, and I mean I've I've listened to man I've listened to damn near everyone or everything. But those three albums, I really took, like, pieces of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Outcast's entire discography, oh, but yeah. mainly Aquimini. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Mainly
1: Aqu- Aquimini or Stankonia. Mm. Those two albums are, like, crazy to me because of the flow of them, you know what I mean? If you listen to them from track one to the end, right. no skips or nothing, no shuffle the the the, the storyline and like how the story progresses and how the the cryptic knowledge gets deeper and deeper as you go farther into the album uh the death of adam it was really really important to me because uh i was a huge 88 keys fan at the time mm-hmm. and uh adam's case files was the mixtape that he dropped right before that album and i was like yo this whole concept is fucking crazy uh it was like a spin on the concept of adam and eve mm-hmm. and so it was the album was like a story of a guy and how he got basically, quote-unquote, killed by this girl. And, uh, like, he didn't die. He ended up getting an STD or whatever. And then, uh, like, I think she had a baby or some shit. And so they were, like, trapped together at the end of the album because <laughs> they have a kid now. But right. uh, just, the like, that album for its storytelling, I had never seen an album that told a story that way. And mm-hmm. I had never heard an album that was, like, that in-depth, that that conceptual. You know what I mean? Like, right. a lot of people would be like, it's a, it's a concept album, but it's not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, the death of Adam, actually, that made me go, you know what? I ain't going to never do nothing but concept albums. Mm. So every single album I've ever released has been a concept album.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So um, what do you want people to mainly take away from the album Purgator? Uh,
1: I want people to... With that album, I want people to question their own realities. Mm. Like everything that makes you happy, and I don't I don't want to like make anybody sad or nothing, but I'm saying like all this shit that makes you happy, all the shit that excites you and motivates you, is that really worth the motivation? Right. You know what I mean? Are you steering yourself down a blind ass, ignorant path, or are you really moving toward a better lifestyle? Mm. Wow. Because those are some of the questions that I'm asking myself throughout the music in the album.
0: Well, I just want to say it is a dope album. I I, I like the darkness of it. I really do, cause it, it makes sense. It brings out the emotion of what you're trying to get across. Um, nice. And I can see how it, from listen to uh, uh, Paradiso to this, I can see the flow. We're gonna, we're we're nice. we're coming nice from high, and we're Super going down day. low. Yeah. So I can see where you're going. So we, I can't wait to start hearing more the 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 uh, the ones that are going to come out later. So um Thank you man. How can people contact and follow you?
1: Uh on Instagram and Twitter I am C H 33 Uh my Facebook is Facebook dot com slash C H U U W E E N T R chewy N T R. Uh I don't have a Snapchat, I deleted it. I think that shit's kinda of poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, other than that, man, I mean, uh, I have a website, but it's in beta, so okay. I haven't really been, like, posting it around yet. But, uh, yeah, you can contact me on Twitter or Instagram. Or, like, if you Google my name, everything will pop up. I'm very adamant about making sure I'm found. Oh, good. <laughs> so any, anything anything that a rapper is supposed to have uploaded to, I'm on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. So, uh, Chewy, thank you so much for being on Bookspeeds and Beyond.
1: Bill yeah, oh, man, thank you for having me. It was a dope time.
0: If you want to purchase any of the music, I've included links in the show notes. Or you could just go to booksbeatsandbeyond.com. And, And, you know, what's cool is by clicking on the links, you support the guests, the music artists, and uh, we get a small commission, which is no extra cost to you, which we will then put toward the operations of the show. Um, And also, please click on the iTunes link to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And if you do this stuff already, just want to say thank you so much for your support. Remember, let's read, listen, explore.